Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU announces a future football series with another P5 team. We begin the show with breaking news next. Who will BYU play, where, and when? Plus, Miami Beach will fall out and ESPN's Hoops insider John Gassaway. It's a busy show, so let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and David Nixon. What is BYU up? Sports Nation breaking news. We have breaking news on BYU Sports Nation. Welcome, Jerem Jordan, alongside David Nixon here on Wednesday, January 21st. BYU announces a home and road deal with Michigan State. Ooh-wee. The Cougars and Sparty. BYU at Michigan State, October 8th, 2016. And then 2020, BYU will host Michigan State on September 12th. I'm getting goosebumps right now. Man. Under this shirt are goosebumps. A home-and-home series, I love to call it home and road. BYU will travel to Michigan State in 2016 and then host Michigan State in 2020. The first ever meeting between these two teams, BYU at Spartan Stadium, uh, October 8th. Previously, that was announced as a game with Massachusetts. Uh, Michigan State will replace that. I imagine that will move to another day. I'd say they trump them a little bit, right? (laughs) And then 2020, BYU previously announced the game with Arizona on September 12th of 2020. So big-time news. BYU announced a game recently with Missouri, LSU, and now a home-and-home ro- home home with Michigan State. Michigan State is coming to Provo. Fans have clamored for the bigger games at home, and they get one. It's not until 2020, but, but BYU has a great home game coming up in the future. 100%. You get to play against a Big Ten opponent. I mean, once... Uh, I was on a few weeks ago, and, and we talked about the scheduling. This is when the LSU uh, news mm-hmm. broke. And I, I mentioned then, I mentioned now, this is why you go independent, because you get to play these teams. If you're still in the Mountain West, or even if you're in the Pac-12, you're not playing these type of opponents in your you know, non-conference schedule. And you're, if you are, maybe once. May, maybe one or in two. A year. But you're, mm-hmm. not, you're not playing this lineup with next year's with Nebraska, UCLA, Missouri. You're not playing those type of opponents if you're in, in a conference. So these are the perks you get with going independent. And, uh, man, I'm, I love it. Big Ten opponent, Michigan State, I mean – just keep them rolling. We already got Nebraska Big Ten opponent. We got another one on, on uh, taps with Michigan State. Let's see what Tom Hobel can do. Let's see if he can get some more teams on there. SEC with Missouri, SEC with LSU. So it continues to uh, get better for BYU. With that, we welcome you to BYU Sports Nation. What a way to start the show. Jerem Jordan and David Nixon. BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. The conversation is alive 24-7 on Twitter. I know we, pre- we prepped a, a Twitter question originally related to Anson Winder and Nate Austin. I think we, may, might need to ch- I think we might need to change that right now. Let's go, what do you think of the series with Michigan State? Let's go with that. What do you think of this, the series with Michigan State? What's your reaction to that? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Also, let's discuss what's the biggest game BYU has in the schedule in the mm-hmm. future. What's the one you like the most? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Here's some of the BYU Sports Nation headlines and what we're talking about. Memphis yesterday, in conjunction with BYU, announced penalties for the Miami Beach Bowl brawl. BYU also released a statement on the ramifications. That statement is this by Duff Tittle, Associate Athletic Director of Communications. We are grateful for cooperation and communication that has taken place between BYU and the University of Memphis in an effort to live up to the high ideals of sportsmanship to which we both aspire. BYU also has completed a thorough review of the incident. The determined disciplinary measures are being handled internally. 
Now, Memphis announced 12 players involved. Uh, punishment will include suspensions from practice, scrimmages up to two games, mandatory anger management counseling. I'm thinking of some movie where a guy punches a wall and has to go. Th- community service, unspecified punishment. That's the worst when you don't specify. Also, those players won't be announced until the start of the season, and BYU and Memphis will have a conference call with formal apologies. I, wa- I want to be a part of that conference call. How is that longer than like four minutes? And it's, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I'm, We I'm, are too. I'm sorry too. Okay. Thank you. It was great Thank talking you. with you, uh, Justin Fuente and Bronco Mendenhall of uh, Miami. So Miami announces that. BYU's handling it internally. I imagine, David, that uh, we'll find that stuff out in August leading up to the season, maybe even on uh, the game week going into the game with Nebraska, like we did last year with a couple of suspects. Exactly, yeah. Or, or it leaks earlier. You never know. Sometimes players get out there and talking to people. And, Jamal and, Williams, day one of fall camp. Yeah, I'm suspended. Yeah, exactly. What? Sorry, what? I mean, but, but the, <laughs> exactly. You'll never know exactly who's, who's out um, because obviously BYU's not going to release now a press release. They said they'll handle, handle this all internally. So um, we'll, we'll have to wait till that first game. But I imagine you'll see glimpses of, of, of you know, maybe word, mouth, or in practice guys getting a little less reps because they're going to be suspended for that game. So maybe you'll be able to kind of draw some inferences from there. But, uh, yeah, BYU handle internally kind of what they've, they said they would do. A couple other uh, headlines here before we get to the trending topic. Uh, the Miami Beach Bowl was ranked the 25th, 25th best college football game of the season by SB Nation. It's a 55-48 overtime game. How could it not be? How, how's it not higher? It, it was because it's BYU and Memphis, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Also, Nick Emery worked out yesterday in the Marriott Center. Some people are thinking right now, is he going to play this year? No. Uh, he got back from his mission a couple weeks ago. He will play for the Cougars next season, but uh, he Instagrammed a video. Just buckets for days. The dude can shoot. It's going to be good. Be a great addition. No Ty Haas next year. Nick Emery going to be on the team. That'll be good stuff. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Cougars and Sparty unite. If you missed it, a home-and-home deal was just announced right here on BYU Sports Nation. BYU at Michigan State in 2016. That's October 8th. And then BYU home to Michigan State hosting the Spartans September 12th, 2018. 20. Now, this is a tremendous situation for BYU because there have been some games that are exciting that BYU's announced. But of all the games that BYU's announced, this is right up there because you are hosting a team that is consistently in the BCS, now New York's New Year's Six conversation. This is huge to get a home game. They're perennial power, and you're right. They're always in that Big Ten championship, I feel like, and they've always got you know great teams that they're fielding. Uh, and, and I think the biggest thing is, is with the Nebraska schedule, with them coming on, uh, obviously people are excited to kind of branch off towards the Midwest and, and kind of up in that Big Ten area. And this is one more opportunity BYU gets to go play, and that area helps with recruiting. Once again, it kind of casts that net, and uh, hopefully you can you know, grab more recruits from, from those, that area of the country. So it's just more exposure. Uh, it gets a great team. I mean, you're, you're not going up there and playing one of the, one of the lower tier in, in Indiana or at Northwestern. Purdue or yeah. You're going to play the, one of the top teams in the Big Ten year in and year out in Michigan State. So no doubt, this is this is an exciting game. When, when we you know heard this news uh, this morning, man, I, it, like I said, it sent goosebumps up and down my body because this is this is something that uh, as a player you see this on the schedule, and as a recruit you see this on the schedule, and that's just one more draw you get to that, that it draws you here to this university. It's big time. It really is. And during the summer. Remember the whole drama around the SEC and ACC are not going to acknowledge BYU as a P5 equivalent? It doesn't matter. 
It just doesn't matter. BYU is going to schedule and schedule well and schedule a challenging schedule to where, in BYU's mind, if they go undefeated, they will be in the New Year's Six conversation as an at-large bid. Yeah, and I will say that anything positive came from that uh, Baylor-TCU fallout with getting into the championship. Um, obviously, everyone was hoping maybe the Big 12 would come calling. Uh, we haven't seen any news <laughs> with that yet. So uh, desperate. But I think it did raise some awareness to some of these, the, even these P5 teams. Look, we have to have a strong tough. non-conference schedule. Like we talk about in basketball all the time, but in football now, it's even more applicable uh, because when, when it gets down to it, you have all these teams that are vying for those four spots. They now are going to look at that non-conference and say, well, did you play a strong schedule? And that, that was kind of what came down to TCU. They felt like they didn't play a great um, you know, non-conference schedule, and that deemed them. And so now I think Michigan State really realizes, look, we've got to go out there and, and, and schedule some guys. And BYU is a great name. Uh, you know, typically, I mean, we've been to bowls 10, 11 years now straight. And so, um, you know, they, they go out there and, and they want to schedule BYU. So I think if anything came positive from that fallout, even though BYU hasn't been invited to the Big 12, it's just this, that I think teams like Michigan State and, and other perennial powers are going to start scheduling BYU to help uh, boost their uh, non-conference schedule. Absolutely. Let's look at 2016 and 2020 and see how Michigan State fits in context. Here's what I've got for 2016 right now that's been announced by BYU in uh, chronological order. Neutral site with Arizona, which will be played at the University of Phoenix Stadium. That's where the Super Bowl is uh, next week. Uh, At Utah, UCLA, West Virginia at FedEx Field, where the Redskins play. That is September. That's going to be a similar (laughs) September to 2015. You're playing four P5s in the month of September. Two at NFL stadiums, three away from Provo, UCLA at home. Very similar. Very similar. Then at Michigan State. Those are your Mm. first five games. (laughs) Those are your first five games. Arizona at Utah, UCLA, West Virginia at Michigan. Welcome to Tanner Mangum, right? (laughs) Tanner Mangum. Yeah, here's the question. Is that tougher than 2015? Arizona, neutral Arizona at Utah, UCLA at home, neutral West Virginia at Michigan State. I think that's tougher. I think it's tougher. I, I think, think it, you're playing two neutrals and two road and one home. Uh, yeah, to me, that's tougher because Michigan State's a New Year's 6 team. You look at Nebraska, a nine-win team. Boise State, a New Year's 6 team. Very good team. At UCLA, they lose Brett Hundley. Uh, and then at Michigan, who's rebuilding. rebuilding. But has Jim Harbaugh. Everyone thinks they're going to be good yeah. real quick. Yeah. I agree. I think 16's tougher, but, but 15 doesn't get easy, easy either. So uh, you got Taysom come back of injury. We'll see how, you know. He he can hold up, but you never know those first games with an ankle like that. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop right there. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, both those schedules are phenomenal. And, and once again, those are those are what BYU coaches should be pitching to these recruits right now. As as signing two day weeks gets, from today, as signing, signing day, day gets closer and near and near, they've got to be going out there and say, "We just scheduled Michigan State. This isn't the end of it. We're going to continue to schedule these type of opponents. If you want to be on this train, if you want to go play, uh, you get national big time teams on 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 big stages like the LSU game is." Um, come on, c- c- jump on board. But, uh, man, these, these, are, these are awesome scheduling. And, and this is what you know, we were talking about before the show. This is Tom Homo you know, working at, at his finest. Yes. A, lot, a, lot, a lot of people um, wonder, you know, was BYU Independence a good thing? And, and Tom Homo has always said, look, just calm down. The, we'll, we'll get these games. And you've got to have confidence in him that behind closed doors that he's working these deals. He, he's calling all the teams. He realizes he's got to you know, boost BYU's schedule. And um, get good home and games. And get good home games and he, in return. There's a great home game. And, and to get a Michigan State a home-and-home and, home and not a two-for-one, I think that's a huge win in, in, in of itself. Oh, huge. Okay, the rest of the schedule in 2016. UMass, which is scheduled on the same day as at Michigan State. That date will change, you imagine. At Boise State, at Cincinnati, and then home to Utah State to end the regular season. 
Okay, there are, I believe, nine games in uh, 2016. Now we look at 2020. I will just <laughs> read the home games right now that BYU has scheduled. Michigan State, Arizona, Virginia, Missouri. Four P5s scheduled at home right now, including a November home game with Missouri in 2020. Hey, you, better 20, start getting, you better start getting your season tickets right now. Please delay the second coming <laughs> because I love these games. The other games in 2020. Arizona, by the way, scheduled the same exact date as Michigan State, September 12th. So there, there may need to be uh, a change there, obviously. Um, the road games in 2020. At Arizona State, at Boise State, at Northern Illinois, at Stanford. Arizona State, a team that was in the mix at the end for the Pac-12 championship. Northern Illinois, I believe, has won 10 games in a row, three years in a row. At Stanford, to end the regular season, you have, what, six P5s on the 2020 And, th- and those are solid Pac-12 teams, right? You're, you're not talking Ooh. about scheduling Colorado, uh, who's always at the bottom of the, uh, the, the Pac-12. These are not seller-dweller P5s. Exactly. BYU is going after the top-tier teams, and they're not going after, like, like we mentioned earlier, your, your uh, smaller type, uh, you know, maybe with, with SEC, they go straight after LSU and, and mm-hmm. get that opportunity. They're not going for, you know, a Kentucky or something like that. That's, that's the bottom. They're going for the top guys. And so, like I said, much respect. With that being said, BYU's got a lot of work to do. When you Absolutely. start playing, when you start playing that many, I mean, look in the past. BYU played Oklahoma in, in 2009, right? That was their Florida State. Their, that was their big game. TCU, each each year they've had their big games. Now we're getting to the point with Independence where you're, we've had enough time to ramp up, get enough of these teams on the schedule. That now you're facing these big teams week in and week out. You look at the front end of those schedules. You're facing those P5 schools really tough. five, six weeks in a row. So you have you've got to have depth because you know in those games you're going to get dinged up. And so you've got to have depth, in the, and, and right now is the time with recruiting, things like that. You've got to, you've got to start developing that, and uh, the players will have to kind of gradually understand how to manage every th- those big games week in and week out instead of having that one big pop that they circle on the calendar and say, hey, this is, this is the one game of the year I'm really looking forward to. Now they have six of them they have to manage and figure out, hey, which ones am I going to get up for and, you know, and, and, and handle, handle it that way. And that's the challenge. One is scheduling, and two is actually playing the game and staying healthy and hopefully winning. Uh, so which of the recently announced BYU football games are you most excited for? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At GK Thurston, I'm excited for the Nebraska game because it's next. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 227. Yep, we're getting to the uh, awkward singing ones. Yeah, as well as, that, that's half the tweet, by the way. He, he kept going. As well as... The 2018 Wisconsin game because I'll still be in Madison to see it. I assume that at GK some person se- lives some in selfish Madison. purposes there. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. a great thing to be yeah. selfish about. At Speedy Sunshine, independent isn't perfect, but it sure can be a beautiful thing. Hashtag love the diversity. Yeah, I think you, I think you have to take the positives from from independence, and this is this is one of the huge positives, obviously. And then uh, at cot underscore BYU football, glad we are getting more P5 teams on our schedule. Most excited for LSU big game. I th- to me, LSU is the biggest game that BYU scheduled. Michigan State might be second. I'll tell you, That's big time. LSU is obviously the big name. But, yeah, like you said, Michigan State, with what they've done recently and the, and the power they are, man, I, it, it's only exciting for me. Blaine Fowler joins us next and weighs in on BYU and Michigan State. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation, and join us by using the hashtag BYUSN. Also, download the podcast. It's free, it's on iTunes, and it's David Nixon's favorite podcast of all the podcasts in the land, besides This American Life. 
Our Twitter question today, which of the recently announced BYU football games are you most excited for? At dyoung1993. But none of the P5 teams will schedule BYU as an independent. Hashtag scar- sarcasm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nailed it. At uh, Steve underscore Hatch. LSU, SEC, Nuff said. At FR Ruiz 801. Great news. I love, I'm loving the scheduling. However, as Uncle Ben said, with great scheduling comes great responsibility. <laughs> and that's what you brought up. Yeah. The challenge of actually playing these games is one thing. But first, you've got to get these, these games scheduled. If you missed it, BYU schedules a home-and-home home with Michigan State 2016 at Michigan State. That's on October 8th. And then 2020 in Provo, September 12th. With that, we bring in Blaine Fowler. Blaine, BYU continues to schedule well. It was Missouri and then LSU and now Michigan State. What do you think? Yeah, it's exciting. And I, you know, all of the folks that said that BYU can't schedule moving forward, well, they're a little wrong and they're still a little right. Because here's the issue. We're still struggling to get great teams in November. And, and I get that. But you know what? I can deal with a lighter schedule in November, especially if we can keep talking Utah State maybe into playing later in the year and maybe start talking Boise State into the arrival later in the year. Um, I'm fine with that when you're playing Missouri and when you're playing Michigan State and when you're playing LSU. And I'll tell you what I really like about the Michigan State announcement is is that it's a home-and-home. And, And, uh, you know, the LSU thing is something that ESPN put together and is going to be in Houston. And and as long as ESPN is BYU's partner, they'll continue to get those kinds of games. But a home-and-home with a Big Ten team that is not just a Big Ten team, but one of the elite teams in the Big Ten the last couple of years, kudos to Tom Homel and and BYU for putting that together. I think it's amazing. On media day, Tom Homel sort of teased at, well, just wait for, kind of wait for a little while from now. We've got some games. Now we're seeing these games kind of roll out. I imagine there are even even more games. But which of the games that BYU has announced in the future is the most exciting to you? I kind of like I like the LSU game. I just me too. That, that's my game. That's that's just when you think of the elite, and I know that LSU hasn't been in a national title game for a couple of years, but that's a team that every year, when you start to think about the you know pre in preseason, start to think about, you always take a look at what LSU has coming back to see if they're going to compete for a national title. So so there's not a year when that team if they've got a good core coming back, isn't considered a national title contender. That's how good that program is. I would love to play them at LSU at some point. And, and you know, maybe this leads mm. to something more. Because I've been in that stadium. It's unbelievable. One of the best home environments in college football that I've ever been in. And I've been at Georgia, and I've been at Alabama. I've been at Ohio State. I'm telling you, LSU is something special. That would be fun. But I'll take it in Houston right now just because I think it is – it is considered one of the nation's elite programs year in and year out. So that's what I'm most excited about on the schedule right now. Blaine Fowler's on BYU Sports Nation talking uh, BYU and Michigan State. If you missed it, BYU uh, October 8th, 2016 at Michigan State, and then we'll host uh, Sparty in Provo September 12th, 2020. We then kind of looked at 2016 in context, Blaine, and we're noticing that this is probably tougher than 2015. Listen to this, the start of 2016 right now. Neutral site Arizona. At Utah, UCLA at home, neutral site West Virginia, at Michigan State. The next two years are fantastically difficult at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and and they better be ready to go. And they need they need uh, Dave's um, brother-in-law to be ready to go for for that season <laughs> with that September schedule. You need a veteran quarterback to handle that kind of deal. So 
next year they're going to have that. And, and you got to believe that that uh, Taysom's been snake bitten enough that that perhaps he stays healthy this next season. Um, and, and you know what? I like him coming back into an offense that I think really morphed into something much better by the end of the year. You hate to say that somebody getting hurt helps, but, but I think him going down and Christian Stewart going in there helped BYU rediscover some of the things that they can do with the offensive line that they have, with the receiving core that they've got coming back. And so now, Taysom, and I recognize he's not going to be able to be a big part of spring ball because of his injury, but, but if they can use him in some of the drop-back game um, and then utilize him as a change-up in the run game, not as a steady diet of it, I think this team has enough coming back next year that they can make some noise with that September schedule. And if they can get through September 3-1, and one, all of a sudden you're, you're, you can lose a game in September and be ranked in the top 20. That, that's how that schedule is. Um, and you come out of there 4-0, and oh, now you've got some talk about is BYU a team that can not only break into that New Year's Day 6, but, but break into the Final Four with that September schedule. So if those are the things you want to play for, guess what? Those, those, the schedules those years are the kind of schedules you've got to play. If you want, if you want to be considered one of the nation's elite, you've got to play it. And for BYU, right now they don't have the depth that LSU has. They don't have the depth that even the UCLA has. They and probably so won't ever have that depth, right? No, they just, they just can't stockpile that. And so for them to have a special season with those kinds of schedules, they have to stay healthy. And you know, I, as I go back, there were some great seasons with John Beck and Max Hall and those guys. But I and David Nixon. To, yeah, and Dave Nixon and Brian Keel, Al Kellen Fowler. Um, those were some <laughs> great teams. And, and, you know, top top 15 teams, top 10 defenses that Dave played on. But but if I go back where I go, when was the last time it was an elite team that I think could play with anybody in the country? And it might go all the way back to 96 when they played in that Cotton Bowl. That was a legit top five team. Mm-hmm. But, but you go back and you look at that season and go to the starting lineups game by game, and you go back to the stats, they were unbelievably healthy that year. Omar Morgan and Tim McTire started every game at corner that year. Every game. And, and so you've got to stay healthy uh, at BYU to compete with those guys. And sometimes that's just sheer luck. You know, Sometimes you're just lucky to stay healthy, and that's what it takes to have a special season with that kind of schedule. Blaine, when you look at this, you know, BYU playing these P5 schools, and, and, and I've, I've thought a lot about it, where do you think, what position do you think needs the most depth when you, when you start playing these big-time opponents? Do you think it's the secondary? Do you think it's down the trenches? I don't know if there's a correct answer, but I just want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think where BYU, I think they made a step last year uh, forward again up front, especially on the offensive line. When BYU's been really good, and when we talk, so when we talk about 96, and, Dave, when we talk about the teams that you played on, you know, we, we had a lot of great stars on those teams, but the bottom line was there were a couple of NFL linemen on every one of those teams. I'm talking about on the offensive line and maybe even a defensive lineman or two that, that were capable of playing in the National Football League. And so, to me, to compete at that level, you can't get beat up uh, up front and expect to win, even if you have stars in the back end and stars at quarterback and wide receiver. You've got to be able to hold your own up front. And so for me, that's where BYU needs to continue to improve, to continue to get depth, to push those guys that are starting. And you know, linemen get nicked up, so you've got to be able to have, on the O-line, you've got to have seven or eight guys that can absolutely play flat out without a drop-off. And on the D-line, 
even though BYU plays a 3-4, they need six guys, solid guys that can rotate and keep fresh bodies to compete at that level. And so, so where, where do I think they need to be best? They need to, they need to be best there, and I think that it's still a work in progress. I do believe up front on both sides of the ball we'll see an improvement because a lot of young guys had to play this year. I think next year they'll be better up front, and then we'll see where it goes from there. And Jeff Martson, recruiting coordinator for the BYU football team, earlier this week on Monday was in here and told us that very thing, that uh, not as many playmakers per se in the recruiting class, but the emphasis on depth, especially uh, at offensive line. Memphis announced uh, you know, some of the uh, Miami Beach Bowl brawl fallout. BYU is going to handle it internally. Blaine, I guess just your reaction uh, to the announcement that, yes, it is being taken care of. Uh, Memphis went specific. BYU is going to handle it inside. Well, I, I think that at some point people need to hear what BYU is doing. And I know BYU likes to just, hey, we do what we do, and we do it internally. But the fact that Memphis came out and said, this is what we're doing. Now, I, I listened and, and, and I read the release, so I'm still not quite sure what they're doing. It was specific, but not specific enough for me to know, well, who are these guys and what is the you know, what are they doing? Right, and they'll um, announce that later, as will BYU. Right. But but so I, I do think that BYU BYU's already talked about some things internally that I shouldn't talk about, um, about some suspensions and some things. I think eventually that needs to come out because if Memphis is gonna come out with theirs, the public needs to know that yes, BYU is handling this and they're taking it just as serious as Memphis is taking it, and there are repercussions for doing some of the things that were done out there. Blaine Fowler's on BYU Sports Nation, and I imagine we'll find that out uh, in August, maybe September. Let's get, let's get a basketball uh, question in here as we have kind of a, almost, it feels like a bye week, but it's not. BYU doesn't play tomorrow. They play Saturday. Yeah. We, we were thinking this morning, who does BYU need back more right now, Anson Winder or Nate Austin, and why? That's a tough one. They need them both back really bad. <laughs> but, but I love what Anson Winder does, but there are, there are other guys that can pick up the slack just a little bit with him. They're not going to be him because he's so good on both sides of the ball. His lateral quickness allows him to be the perimeter defender for BYU. So that almost hurts more than his ability to push the ball and his ability to score. If Chase Fisher continues to shoot the way he shot the basketball against St. Mary's, I mean, that picks up some of the slack. He was really good in that game. Um, and so there are other guys, and Skyler Halford can come in. It's not a huge drop-off. Don't, don't get me wrong. They miss Anson like crazy, especially on defense. But there has been this gigantic void all season inside. Yeah. And it was never more apparent than in the St. Mary's game. I mean, Brad Waldo had seven offensive rebounds, guys. BYU gave up 17 offensive boards. And, and so I think that he makes a difference there. I think that he's an excellent defensive rebounder. He'll go get you some offensive boards and some putbacks. And, and it just changes the way you do things. And so you think, well, he doesn't really score. Nobody impacts the scoring because he gets offensive boards and kicks it back out. gives guys like Chase Fisher a chance at another three try. He, he gets a defensive rebound. Instead of giving up an offensive board, and he kicks it out, and now you're in transition and you get a transition bucket. So he affects the offense, not with his scoring, but with his defense and his ability to rebound. And so they desperately need him to come back and, and contribute. I think him maybe slightly more, but you know what? If they're going to make the run we think they need to make, and I think they can only lose one game at Gonzaga down the stretch, then they need them both back as soon as possible. Absolutely. Blaine, we appreciate the time. Exciting stuff with the uh, Michigan State news. Uh, we'll hear from you soon. All right. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks, hey, I Blaine. miss you, Dave. I haven't seen you, Dave. I miss you, man. Hey, <laughs> feelings are mutual. Miss you too, man.
All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Hashtag AFRBOB. <laughs> Which of the recently announced BYU football games are you most excited for? Keep the tweets coming. Where does Tyler Haas fit among the best college hoops players in the nation? John Gasaway, ESPN Hoops Insider, tells us his opinion next on BYU Sports Nation. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan, David Nixon, and Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. A reminder, download our podcast on iTunes or stream it on BYUSportsNation.com. And our next live broadcast of Cougar Athletics, Gymnastics Against Utah State. That's Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Let's refresh some of the headlines. BYU schedules Michigan State, a home-and-home 2016 at Michigan State. 2020 in Provo. Huge news for the Cougars as they continue to stockpile fantastic opponents in the future. Memphis announced penalties for the Miami Beach Bowl. BYU announced also a statement on the ramifications. Uh, It's being handled internally. Miami Beach Bowl ranked 25th best bowl game, or sorry, college football game, period, which is pretty good. And then Nick Emery, uh, back from an LDS mission, uh, basketball player, worked out in the Marriott Center yesterday. BYU excited about him coming up. This season, or next season, but lots to talk about this season with that in mind. We bring in John Gasway, ESPN College Basketball Insider to BYU Sports Nation. John, how are you doing? I'm excellent. Thank you for having me. We're happy to have you. You listed the top 25 college players uh, in America uh, recently. You put Tyler Hawes number 15. What made you put Tyler in the top 25? You know, Hawes just brings together... uh, even the casual fan knows that Tyler Haas scores a lot of points, but he does so effectively. His shots go in. He's not just shooting a lot of attempts. Those are all accurate, and he's an efficient addition to the BYU offense. You want him taking those shots, and so there's a reason he's zooming up the career scoring list in Provo. I believe he's up to number three now, so he's getting it done for the Cougars. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be crazy because he's going to score more points than Jimmer Fredette when all is said and done. Unfairly, here, he gets some comparisons to Jimmer, which there are none other than scoring the basketball. What makes Tyler Haas right. unique among college basketball players? Uh, he's, he's a uh, Swiss Army knife or whatever your, your favorite metaphor is. Um, he, he scores from all three places on the floor. He not only is a, is a solid three-point shooter, but he's, he's good driving the ball. And he draw, as you know all too well, he, he draws fouls very successfully. And, of course, he, he knocks those down at the line. So uh, put yourself in the opponent's shoes. What, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to try and take away? Uh, he's, he's effective at, at all, all the places on the floor. That makes him a tough matchup at 6-5. There's, uh, there's, it's always tough to maybe unseat the top team and the best player in the league on the top team. It looks like it's Kyle Wilcher's WCC Player of the Year award to lose. Is there anything Tyler Haas can do to unseat him and repeat as player of the year, in your opinion? Well, the first thing he needs to do is uh, stop telling his teammate Kyle Collinsworth to get uh, no more triple doubles. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's, he's stealing his thunder. Uh, this, is a good, uh, this is a good multiplayer race for this player of the year award. But uh, as you know, on my top 25 list, I had uh, Wiltshire all the way up at, at number three. He is having an amazing season, and uh, actually a lot of the same things that you could say about Hawes. You can you could say about Wiltshire, only a much taller guy, uh, very versatile and able to score from uh, many points on the floor. So, you know, the WCC is consistently entertaining. Um, you know, whether it's just seeing if 
Gonzaga can run the table in a given year. Uh, some of the best individual players. Uh, I, I genuinely enjoy watching the conference, and the, the player of the year race this year is, is definitely one of the reasons why. Yeah, John, you know, speaking of Kyle Collinsworth, as you mentioned, four triple-doubles so far this year. He's not a big-time scorer. He's more your Mr. All-Around. Where do you think he fits among the nation's best? Well, he's having an incredible run here, an incredible season. I was just pulling up his stats uh, for conference play only. And uh, speaking of versatility, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm preaching to the choir here when I say this uh, uh, to the BYU listeners. But I mean, with Collinsworth, you're talking about a, a guy who is, you know, a combination of a, a beast on the defensive boards, but he's also, in effect, a great point guard uh, type player. Whether you call him a point guard or not doesn't really matter because uh, he's just spraying assists all over the floor. In uh, WCC play, he leads the conference in both assist percentage and in defensive rebound rate. So, uh, you know, you have to reach back to guys like uh, Evan Turner would be one example uh, from a few years back at Ohio State who to find guys who function as a floor general, but they also take care of the defensive class. And uh, I know that uh, BYU fans are are sophisticated, so they know that the Cougars go at a fast pace, and that also helps these triple doubles. A lot of possessions are, are going, and uh, that helps you uh, record a high number of points, assists, and rebounds, and in Collinsworth is definitely doing that. Stats for days, that's what we say here. John Gasway, ESPN College Basketball Insiders on BYU Sports Nation. I, you made the uh, comparison to Evan Turner. I was going to ask you if he, who he reminded you of. Is he this year's Kyle Anderson from UCLA, a taller guy? Uh, that handles right, the ball yeah. on the board, maybe? Right. Well, see, it's a compliment to Collinsworth that all these guys we're referring to are taller than he is, frankly. 6'8 I mean, guys, Collinsworth right? Is, right, these, these are 6'8 guys who can handle the ball. Uh, Collinsworth might be better turned as a 6'6 guy who can rebound. You wouldn't expect him to be as good on the glass as he is, and you know, BYU needs him to... To do that because, you know, as a team, the Cougars are, are only average on the defensive glass, at least in conference play. So, I mean, th- these are not just vanity stats. I mean, they need him to, to pull down these defensive boards, and he's making his team better. And, John, it's interesting because BYU is the top-scoring team in the nation, yet they have very little inside presence in terms of scoring the basketball. I've, I've been trying to figure out how that's happened all season. You know, the strength of this offense is to, uh, to just do it in a thumbnail and, and maybe lose some uh, detail. But in a nutshell, uh, BYU is a perimeter-oriented team that also draws fouls. And that's a really powerful combination. I mean, obviously they go fast, and they, they do attempt a lot of threes, uh, more as a percentage of their attempts than any other West Coast Conference team. Uh, so far, so good. And that usually means you've got a, a low turnover rate, and they do. But what's uh, unusual and really productive, and again, this gets back to, to Hawes, is that they, they really go to the line a lot. They've got the highest free throw rate. Well, they're, they're tied with uh, Pacific of all teams uh, for uh, free throw rate in West Coast Conference play, and uh, they're knocking those down. So that makes you a really effective uh, offense, even though you, you don't have this uh, Jaleel Okafor type uh, in, in the paint getting it done. Uh, you've, you've got guys on the outside who are generating that offense. So, John, BYU now sits 5-3 and three in conference. My question to you is, right. what does BYU need to do in the final 10 regular season games to make the NCAA tournament? Uh, 
you know, just to uh, be real short-sighted here, uh, win at San Diego on Saturday. That would help. Uh, no, that they, helps. Yeah. No, I mean, seriously, they, that's uh, on paper. That's a coin flip game, and San Diego is, is very underrated on defense, frankly. That, that's a surprisingly good D that's been uh, limiting opponents in, in conference play. So, you know, that's a, a great example of the kind of game where if BYU loses – Everybody's like, oh my gosh, they lost to San Diego. Uh, if they win, nobody notices. So, you know, that's the that's the plight of uh, you know playing teams besides Gonzaga in the West Coast conferences. You've got to win those games. So, that's what you got to do. Uh, obviously, uh, try and steal that win at the uh, last game of the regular season uh, at Gonzaga. You know, came up just short when Gonzaga came to uh, BYU's place and uh, win win the games that you're supposed to win. Obviously, St. Mary's is uh, looking pretty tough, too, and uh, got, a, got a game coming up against the Gales uh, there in, in mid-February. So uh, just got to uh, keep taking care of business. ESPN College Basketball Insider John Gassaway is on BYU Sports Nation. John, I've been looking at the number 25 in terms of wins for BYU and the good wins, the bad losses, and I, th- I feel like if BYU gets to 25 wins, that they're probably into the NCAA tournament. Last year, BYU had 12 losses and got in due to the strength of schedule, RPI. All these things go into it, but do you think a 25-win BYU team gets left out of the NCAA tournament anyway? Uh, no, they, they don't. Uh, I just think 25, that, that's a high bar you're setting there. I mean, that, that means they, uh, well... <laughs> they can they, go eight uh, and two they, in the final ten, get to the title right, I game. See what you're saying. You're, yeah. Right, you're counting. Uh, you're counting a, a, a win or two in the in the tournament in the in the WCC tournament. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they uh, that that's right in the sweet spot of where they probably are going to be. Let's say they finish twelve and six. Uh, let's say they lose three more games. That would mean they'd need uh, to uh, win three games in the WCC tournament, or let's say they go 13 and five. That means they need to win two. So they're right on the knife edge. I, I think you're right. I think 25 wins does it, and uh, it's that's uh, that's probably about a, a 60% chance of them not getting there. So that's a that's a real good goal that you set. It's. Uh, it's doable, but it's going to be tough. And the WCC has uh, good teams besides just the usual suspect that everybody talks about up in Spokane. On a knife's edge, perfectly describes, I think, BYU's back 10 of the regular season. John, we appreciate the time. Great stuff. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. John Gasway, ESPN College Basketball Insider. I loved what he said. On a knife's edge, really describe. He said about 60% chance BYU doesn't. So you're saying there's a chance. Hey. 40% chance BYU's really got to go on a run here. They, they really do. They've got to finish the season strong. I mean, that, that's typically what the committee will look at, right, is how, how you finish the season, especially going to that conference, have some momentum. Uh, they've, got, they've got to make some noise here at the end because you've got to make up for those, those tough losses against Pepperdine and, and then, of course, the St. Mary's. Big-time stuff in BYU at San Diego Saturday afternoon. You can listen to that right here on BYU Radio. Coming up, big deal, no deal. Nick Emery, what did Dave Rose say about his team yesterday? Nate Austin in the mix. Don't miss it. David Nixon's first edition of Big Deal, No Deal coming up next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Download the show podcast on iTunes today. Jeremy Jordan, David Nixon on a Wednesday. A Wednesday that got really exciting all of a sudden uh, as BYU and Michigan State uh, announce a home-and-home football series. If you missed it, 2016, October 8th at Michigan State, and then September 12th, 2020, BYU hosting the Michigan State Spartans.
Fantastic. Awesome. It's, it's the best way. It's the best way. Uh, the best part of waking up is a Michigan. <laughs> it's not Folgers in your cup. It's Michigan State and BYU as a uh, the first ever meeting that series announced as uh, broke broken right here on BYU Sports Nation. I, lo- I love the tweet by their athletic director. It says the BYU series also provides MSU alums in the Rockies and West with an opportunity to see the Spartans play against a national program. This is one of those days and situations where we our love language as BYU people is. Words of affirmation. <laughs> exactly. Oh, national Feels program. Great. Yes. Feels great. Yes. yes. <laughs> outside, outside of Utah, people recognize this as a national program. Yes. It validates everything we've done in the past. We need it. Um, and then uh, football, of course. The other love language is physical touch. Uh, big deal, no deal is a game that we play. A game. A, a thing we do here. Spencer and I have done it. Brian and I have done it. You've never done it. I, I am interested did, to see if you can handle we've this. We've done it before on Count on the Kickoff. But, but, Two but, years ago. Yeah. Yes. It's been a while. Yes. So it feels good to kind but it's of not resurrect the same. it. It's not the same as this, I'm telling you. With that, let's kick off Big Deal No Deal. Big Deal No Deal. Okay, we discuss a topic, whether it's a big deal or a no deal, pretty self-explanatory. Number one. Big Deal No Deal. Nick Emery worked out at the Marriott Center yesterday. I'll go Big Deal. It's nice having Emery back in the Marriott Center. I've missed Jackson and his musk. Uh, Nick Emery is a big-time recruit. The BYU signed out of Lone Peak, went on his mission to Germany. Uh, had some circulation issues, came back, went back. Uh, he is back from his mission now uh, after 20 months and is uh, starting workouts. I mean, the guy is injured. It's good to see him starting to work out, see the ball go through the hoop in an Instagram video. I know it's a while before we see him, but I'll go big deal. Yeah, that's why I'm saying no deal. Uh, if he's not playing no this deal. week, if, if he's not playing this week or here in the next few weeks, the BYU this Banshee, season, by the way. Hey, talk to me whenever the season begins next year. Then I'll be excited. But, hey, I'm focused on the here and now. I'm not. I think about here and then. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Dave Rose says he believes his team can win every game. Uh, And why shouldn't he? I'll go go no deal because I think that he thinks that way all the time. Now, the at Gonzaga game is going to be more of a challenge. BYU can win that game. I would say the chances are lower. But BYU's got a real challenge right now. If Anson Winder can't go Saturday, we still don't know his status. And then Nate Austin, still a question about him. Yeah, I'd say it's a no deal for the sole fact that if my coach went out there and said, hey, I think we can win <laughs> most of the games, uh, except for maybe uh, Gonzaga and, and St. Mary's you might struggle with, then I would uh, probably quit if my coach uh, displayed that. So I'm going with, <laughs> with, uh, with no deal on that one. Number three. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Big deal, no deal, stat of the day, 42. It's been 42 days since Nate Austin tore his hamstring. First, I'm going to go big deal that stat of the day and big deal, no deal have merged. We've never done that. It's a beautiful marriage. It is a beautiful marriage. It's going to work out. It's going to be great. (laughs) And then I'll go big deal on this. 42 days, six weeks to the day that Nate Austin tore his hamstring right before the tip of the BYU-Utah game. It has been six weeks. That That hamstring must be crazy torn or taking forever to rehab. BYU has needed him for several weeks now. Big deal. Yeah, I go with the big deal, too. Not, not only for the fact that Nate is an integral part of this team, and BYU obviously needs him on the floor, uh, as we saw with St. Mary's and, and Brad Waldo kind of just going crazy on the bigs down low. Um, but more than anything, hamstring, typically those you, you can get those back in three to four weeks. So you're right, it must have been a, a big tear, which is a little bit worrisome with him recovering and trying to come back full speed. So uh, it's a big deal. Six weeks? That's a long time to be out with an injury. Have you torn a hamstring? I've tweaked one. How long did it take? It took me a week or two. Um, but once again, all hamstrings are different, and the injury, the extent of it is different. So I'm not sure exactly what his was, but six weeks I feel like is an awfully long time. Yeah, BYU needs him. 
BYU, and B, I think BYU fans have seen how much uh, Nate Austin means to the program. Honestly, it, it's been a good thing that way, but a bad thing in that he hasn't been in the games. Let's go to number four. Big deal, no deal. BYU will receive one million dollars to for their play at Nebraska. Nice, <laughs> cha-ching. Uh, big deal. Yeah, a million bucks is a lot in the game. BYU plays Missouri next year, this season, I suppose. It's 2015, this season. And they only get 250000 BYU gets $1.3 million for playing Michigan. So, Big Ten, $2.3 million, not to mention whatever BYU gets with the Michigan State Series. I'll go, I'll go big deal, a million bucks. I, I'm saying How's no. How's a million bucks not, I, listen, not a big deal? I'm saying no deal. What? I'm saying no deal because I feel like it's typically like the little brothers that these big schools pay out to have, you know, BYU. When, Listen, when Savannah State comes in here to BYU, we have to pay the money to come play us because it's like, <laughs> hey, you're weird? kind of the little brother and we need to help you out. And so for them to kind of offer this, this million bucks to us, I mean, yeah, a million bucks, don't get me wrong, is great. But I feel like it's kind of a slap in the face at the no, same time. No, It's saying, hey, come out here and play us. You guys need it. You're kind of, you know, we're probably going to try to slaughter. We're going to slaughter you. That's what their mindset is. And, and here's a million bucks for the slaughter. Listen, they're the rich kid whose allowance is more. They have the Big Ten Network. <laughs> you just bum so, off him. So what? Yes, yes, I'll be friends with you. I had a kid named Justin Basil in fifth grade. He was the rich kid. We totally did hey, awesome stuff. we all stuff. had those friends. Yeah, Justin Basil. He's not watching the show, I promise. <laughs> Everything is cool. A million bucks. They, they earn more, so like their, their allowance is more than you know, hey, what BYU is. Listen, like I said, I'll take the money. Don't get me wrong. But, but you like, don't like, I, the e- like there's ego yeah, involved? Yeah, there's some ego. There's, there's some pride kind of involved here. Um, and so that's why I don't like it. But listen, you're going to give me a million bucks for us to come out there and, 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 and smack you? I'm, a, I'm in. You can rent happiness, I'm telling you. <laughs> Number five. Big deal, no deal. BYU and Memphis to have an apologetic conference call. No deal. <laughs> I can't imagine what this phone call is going to be like. No, you're right. I actually have imagined this. And, and Dave and I simulated it early, earlier. How awkward is that phone call going to be? Uh, hey, this is um, Kainaku. I'm sorry for it. Yes, exactly. Hello, this is Kainaku. I'm sorry for sucker punching you guys. I really feel bad. I'm sorry. How do you guys feel? I'm sorry, too. I'm sorry for ganging up on Tijon Chrome and me and three other dudes. We should not have run out there and, and gotten that fight. We are really, really sorry. We're Memphis. We won three games last year. All of a sudden, we had won ten games. And the crowd was over there. We went right at you. We apologize. We apologize. I imagine that's how it's going to be. No, it's not going to be like that at, uh, at all. At FR Ruiz 801, Jerem Jordan was really the rich kid. No, 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 no. I was not the rich <laughs> kid. I can promise you, me and my food stamps can promise you uh, that, that we were not. Pell Grants. Your Pell Grants will, will support you on that one. What did you think of number five? I'm not even going to address it. I mean, <laughs> if you're having a conference call, this is football. You get in fights. It's part of the game. And to so that said, degree, though? Hey, have you ever been to a great football just... practice? Any, any practice, pros, we fought all the time. It's football. I hope you fight. There should be some emotions in it. So I'm saying zero deal. I don't even want to discuss if it's a big or a no deal. I, I'm out. <laughs> you're, you're out? We need you for one more segment. <laughs> don't drop that, Mike. We need it to stay on the, on the desk. Which of the recently announced BYU football games are you most excited for? Continue to use the hashtag BYUSN. Great stuff coming in. We'll get to those in a moment. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around and your tweets. Plus, who's coming up on the show Friday? Some good guests. And who's tomorrow's guest host? BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. David, it is time for the Cougar Whip Around. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around football. There's one thing we're going to mention here. It's a home-and-home deal with Michigan State. BYU announces a series' first-ever meeting with Sparty 2016 October 8th at Michigan State, and then September 12th, 
2020 in Provo against Michigan State. Awesome. The best. Absolute best. Why does it have to be seven months between the end of the season <laughs> to, to fall camp? I don't know. We need a spring season. Just play <laughs> six in the fall and six in the spring. I'm in. 100% in. Why can't BYU play Utah in the spring? How about that? I've, act- I've proposed that, and no one's listening. It's a great idea. Or, or at least do like seven on Is seven it? competitively across the country. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something of that nature. I think one day we'll get to that. Kind of like sand volleyball versus indoor. Sure. It's a, it's a different season. It works. It's like the same sport, but not. It works. Intramural flag football. What? No. Can you imagine BYU and Utah flag football? No. Future guests include Frank Wintrick, the new strength and conditioning coach, coming up on Friday, and Devin Mahina. How about Mahina? He's in the Senior Bowl yeah. as well. Look he's, at him. He's, he's getting the invites to the, to the uh, bowl games, and, or not the bowl games, but the, uh, the bowls. Or they what? call it a bowl. I, I, it's yeah. aircraft bowl games. Yeah. That doesn't really make sense. But anyways, getting the invites, in, which, is, which is great, because that's where all the scouts show up. That's where all the GMs are at. Um, so you know, good for him to get some publicity out there, get his name out there. And, and you, you can really have your draft stock rise dramatically. Or free agent stock. Or free you agent that stock. Game. Yep. Uh, when, when you go to those, those camps, because like I said, everyone's there. You got their ball out, and next thing you know, your name's on their board. Tomorrow's guest host, by the way, Michael Elisa, stepping in for the first time. This was your first time today. You crushed it. Yeah, it's felt, been great. felt great. Today's Rise and Shouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Hoping you need it most. DexterLaw.com. This one's easy. Thomas Homo for scheduling Michigan State. He continues to schedule these great games. Love he gets it. a Rise and Shout for the next like two weeks for this one. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I'm, I'm drinking that blue Kool-Aid right now. Here, you put on the blue goggles. No, not yet. Just Kool-Aid. I'll put on the blue goggles. Oh, Michigan State. Oh. <laughs> Which of the recently announced BYU football games are you most excited for? Keep the tweets coming. All day using the hashtag BYUSN. Thanks to Blaine Fowler, John Gassaway, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show's on demand, BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. And BYUSportsNation.com. For David, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Matthew Edwards. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow, noon Eastern time. David, nice job, man. <laughs>